Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. It's great to have you here today. We are in week two of our Summer Sunday series. Last week, Graham started us off having a look as we go through the book of Daniel. Uh, We looked at chapter one where Daniel and his friends arrive in Babylon. They are not there on a holiday. They have been taken captive from King Nebuchadnezzar. They've left their homes and they're living in Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar particularly wanted the best. Graham said those with royal breeding, brains and beauty were the ones that were chosen to learn the culture of Babylon. These young men refused to eat the food that King Nebuchadnezzar had offered to them. They thought it would dishonour God and it would disrupt their relationship with God. Graham encouraged us to dare to follow God, not just to blend in with the culture around us, but to ask, to check and test how God wants us to sometimes separate from culture and sometimes permeate into culture around us and to stand strong for God and our faith. Our Bible passage today actually comes from Daniel chapter 3, the story of the fiery furnace. But to understand that, we need to just go back and have a quick look at what happened in chapter 2. You can see up there, there is an image of a dream. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar had terrible nightmare-like dreams, and it is Daniel who explains what the dreams are about. Kids in MPK last year, we had the privilege of Mr. Arthur McCarthy coming and sharing with us about this statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had been dreaming about. He explained that each segment relates to four kingdoms that would not last. Daniel said that King Nebuchadnezzar was the top of the statue. If we can go to the next screen, you can see the gold head was King Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom. There are four kingdoms there And then Jesus is the one who comes, the stone that destroys those kingdoms because he provides the kingdom, the triumphant kingdom of God that cannot be destroyed. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar was so impressed by Daniel's ability to explain his dream that he listened to Daniel. He felt confronted with the truth that there was a kingdom of God more solid, more lasting, more glorious than that of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar had an emotional response to this. We can read in Daniel chapter 2 that King Nebuchadnezzar actually laid flat on the ground before Daniel and displayed great honour to him. And you pick up in the middle of this screen, he said, Surely your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you are able to reveal this mystery, explaining the dream. And after this great declaration, he gave out some promotions. When we go to the next screen, you'll see it continues that King Nebuchadnezzar placed Daniel in a high position in Babylon. And he was in charge of all the wise men. In addition to this, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, administrators over the promise of the province of Babylon, 
while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. So these characters of King Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, it's not a beach shack, my shack and a, bundigo, a bungalow in Bendigo. And now I grew up in Victoria and I learnt a different pronunciation that related more to the town of Bendigo. So we'll see how we go this morning with my pronunciation of all these names. But they are the people that we're going to pick up on today. Now, we would hope that King Neb, as I'm going to call him, would choose to love God and worship him as the one true God. But sadly, he didn't have a heart transformation. He didn't have repentance. He knew about God, but he continued to live in his old ways. In fact, he decided that just being the gold head of a statue wasn't enough. He wanted to unify all of Babylon, all the cultures, all the different languages, all the different religions. He wanted to bring them together to worship one golden idol. So we're actually going to watch a short video to understand a little bit more of what happened next. Meshach and Abednego. Hey! When they were very young, they were taken from Israel to live in a place called Babylon. At that time, the king of Babylon was a man named Nebuchadnezzar. That's it. Almost there. And he made a gold statue that was 90 feet tall. Perfect. The king sent a message for everyone to come to the dedication of his statue. When everyone had assembled, <laughs> it was declared that people of all races, nations, and languages would bow before the statue and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's statue when they heard the sound of musical instruments. If anyone refused, they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people bowed to the ground and worshiped. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not because they were Jewish and would only bow to the one true God. Some of the wise men of Babylon went to the king and told him that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow to the statue. What? This made the king very angry, and he asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if it was true that they would not bow to the statue. Then he said he would give them one more chance to bow down, and if they did not bow, they will be thrown into the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied that they didn't need to defend themselves against the king. They said, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. The king was so angry with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that he commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be bound and thrown in the fire. The fire was so hot that it killed the soldiers that threw them in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the flames. But suddenly, the king jumped up and said to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw him in the furnace? The advisor said, 
Yes. But the king said, Look, I see four men walking around the fire, and the fourth looks like a god. Then the king shouted to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Come out! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire, and everyone saw that the fire had not touched them. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar praised the one true God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had rescued them from the fire. And the king made a new command that anyone who spoke a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be greatly punished. Then he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in his court. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trusted in God and were willing to die rather than worship any god but their own god. What an amazing story, isn't it? So look forward to unpacking that a little bit today. So we we see here in Daniel chapter 3 that King Nebuchadnezzar, in a burst of social planning and political revolution, to exclude division, made a very expensive gold image. It's super tall and quite narrow, and he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He summoned all the important people to come like a pilgrimage out of the city with music and community celebration. He expected them, regardless of what god they worshipped, to bow down to this one statue. King Nebuchadnezzar probably thought that every sensible person would follow his instructions, that no one would risk being thrown into the blazing furnace of fire, which is like a giant brick kiln where um, they would bake their bricks and it's possible that a large one was put just near the statue that they used when they were building there. Initially, Things were going really well for King Neb's grand plan of unity, as we read in verse 7 of chapter 3. As soon as they heard the sound, and there is a great big long list of musical instruments, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But... In verse 12, we read that the astrologers or the wise men who would act like advisors to the king noticed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did not worship this idol. Remember, where were they from? They were from Judah. They were Jewish or in fact, Israelites. And there was one rule, the first rule of the Ten Commandments that God had given them. Do you know what it was? Worship only one God. Don't bow down to idols. And so for these young men, they could not do what King Nebuchadnezzar had asked them to do. They only wanted to worship the one true God. So the wise men dobbed in their colleagues. It's possible that they were jealous and disliked the way that these gifted foreigners had risen to positions of authority and leadership in Babylon. And they used some words to specifically target the pride of King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, but there are some Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you set up. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar became so furious and yet 
He asked the three friends if it was true and even gave them a second chance to choose to bow down to the idol. He said, but if you don't worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God would be able to rescue you from my hand? Well, with great courage and dignity and loyalty to God, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. As we read this incredible story, I wonder how it is possible for these young men to stand so strong in their faith with the threat of death in the fiery furnace. There are three points that are going to help us to understand how they can stand. First of all is to stand up for their faith. Now, it's important to remember that these guys are quite possibly young adults now living independently from their parents. We're not 100% sure how much time has lapsed from when they first arrived in Babylon until now. And they are there not by their own choice. They'd moved out of home under terrible circumstances. Their home country had been invaded and they were now in a foreign land surrounded by a different culture and different values. Perhaps it's similar to our uni students who have moved from overseas or have come up from the country. They're, they're in a strange and different environment and they're free to make their own decisions. Well, these men, despite the potential death sentence for their decision, maintained their faith. They stood up for their beliefs and they didn't compromise their values to show honour and worship to God. They respectfully let the king know, we will not bow to the idol that he had made. They trusted God as their personal God. With this strong message that comes through all of the book of Daniel, nothing is impossible for God. In spite of appearances, God is in control. And like many of us, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had grown up with the miraculous stories of Sarah and Abraham having a child in their old age, of Moses leading the people out of Egypt through the Red Sea and the many battles that they won in the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. They'd also had their own personal lived experience of God providing strength and promotion when they had the, the challenge of what food to eat, choosing to honour God. Their faith was real and strong. They stood up for what they knew what was right and true, even in difficult circumstances. You know, God doesn't promise us that life will be easy in John chapter 16, Jesus even said to his disciples during that last meal with him before his arrest, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We will all face challenges at different points in our lives and how we stand in the face of them is determined by our understanding of God and our response to him in the heat of the moment. 
Hebrews 10 also calls us to persevere in our faith. Let us hold on, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I wonder if you will stand up for your faith like these three young men. What else helped them? Comes to our second point that they stood with friends. Who we stand with also has an impact on our lives. In Babylon, there was no Christian uni group. There was no young adults group that met at the local church. Yet Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego chose to remain with like-minded people who shared the same faith. They no doubt had some other colleagues and friends, but they stood alongside one another and supported one another in their faith in this new land, in this difficult situation. And there are times when we need to stand alone, like Stephen did in Acts 7, but more often than not, we are to stand with others, like Paul and Barnabas, Moses and Aaron, Deborah and Barak. Hebrews 10 continues to encourage believers with these words, consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. You see, we need friends who share our faith, people who will inspire us, pray for us, give wise advice, help us carry our stuff And at times stand with us in difficult situations to cheer us on and to praise God alongside as we do life together. As iron sharpens iron, we strengthen each other. And parents, this is why youth group is so vitally important that kids as teenagers start to create those deep friendships that will be lasting and encourage them as they go through those difficult teen and young adult years of making decisions. When I was in my teens, some friends and I went to Sydney's Wonderland. It's an incredible day. Um, We had lots of fun, lots of rides and adventure. One particular ride was a roller coaster. You might have heard me tell this story before because it really impacted my life. This is the bush beast, is what it was called. It was almost one one, um, kilometre long. And at the time, it was the tallest roller coaster in the Southern Hemisphere. And if that wasn't scary enough, it was made of wood. So it was really rickety. And we went on it during the day and that was a bit scary. But then we decided, let's go on it at night. And as... Myself and three of my friends climbed into the train. A couple of young guys that were a few years older than us that we didn't know climbed in behind us. And as we went up that very first steep climb, they started to talk about us. And we started to feel really uncomfortable. Now, there was some comfort in knowing that I was there with my friends. But what really helped us was that we started to sing. We started to sing songs about God being with us. Now, I'm not going to burst into song today, but the words, and some of you might know this old song, Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord, includes the line, You'll not no way be burned, for I am with you. As soon as the ride finished, we jumped out of the train and ran. But the significant thing was that we were with others 
And we knew that God was with us when we felt unsafe. And I've never forgotten that no matter what challenges I face, God is always there with me. Daniel and his friends had that confidence too. As we pick back up in this story of the fiery furnace, so furious was King Nebuchadnezzar that an irrational rage of pride and vengeance overshadowed his thinking and he ordered the furnace to be heated up. How many more times? Seven more times. And he commanded his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and they threw them into the fiery furnace. Now the detail of the men being fully clothed will become obvious in a few minutes. And kids, you might be asking, well, how hot was that furnace? Let me tell you that the kilns for baking bricks at that time were usually around 1,000 degrees um, Celsius. 1,000, which is about four to five times hotter than your average hot oven. So that's already pretty hot. And the concept of making it seven times hotter is probably a literal way of saying they just put all the fuel that they had on to make it as hot as they possibly could. So hot that it harmed the big, tough executioners more than the intended victims. As we see in verse 22, the king's command was so urgent, the furnace so hot, that the flames of the fire killed the very soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. These three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, hey, hang on a minute, weren't weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Well, they replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, but look, there are four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. Just gives me tingles thinking about it. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Whether it was actually Jesus with them or an angel of God, King Nebuchadnezzar wasn't 100% sure. But one thing he did know God was powerful, and someone was with these men in the fire. Kelvin pointed out that if God wanted to, he could have extinguished the flames of the fire to save these three men. But God chose to save them in the fire, not from the fire. God could have also saved them by simply letting them walk around and walk out unscathed, but instead, He chose to save them in the presence of a fourth who looks like the son of the gods, a divine being with them. They were not alone. So our third point is to stand with Jesus, the Emmanuel, God with us. There is another account in the Gospels of Jesus being with his disciples during a storm in the boat with them. And Jesus promises his Holy Spirit to be with all who love and follow and obey him. In John 14, we read, If you love me, keep my commands, Jesus said. I will ask the Father and he will give you another, an advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. 
Through his Holy Spirit, Jesus promises that he will be with us. Standing with Jesus helps us to stand in the face of our difficulties. I just want to circle back to a statement that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego made in verse 18. But even if God does not rescue us, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. Even if. A few years ago, the lead singer of Mercy Me, Bart Millard, wrote and recorded the song, Even If. He, like most of us do at some point, was experiencing grief and a constant battle with his son's chronic illness, a tough, fiery furnace situation. From his real-life experience, Bart wrote these lyrics. And again, not going to sing it. Just listen to the words. I know you are able. I know you can. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. According to Google, the official lyric video has been watched over 116 million times. That's 116 million people who have taken some comfort in knowing they are not alone. God is with us in our circumstances. God is with you. We see in the climactic end of the story of King Nebuchadnezzar in this chapter that he quickly realises the power of God to rescue his people and he calls the men out. Nebuchadnezzar shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So the three men walked out. They walked out of the fire and all of those important people crowded around them and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was not even a smell of smoke on them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. King Neb was totally amazed. He was humbled by the truth. Now, I wonder if you've ever been around a campfire, cooking marshmallows, and perhaps you might try to get in really close to the hot coals, and then the next day you realise that your eyebrows have been singed. Or even just later that night when you go to bed, you take off your clothes and there's that smell of smoke and it's in your hair and you actually need to have a wash to get rid of this smoke because you cannot avoid it if you're around a fire. But these guys, not a hair was singed. Their clothes were not even slightly burnt. There was not even a whiff of smoke on them. It was an absolute miracle. They were completely untouched by the fire. King Neb responded that the people of any nation or language should not say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He made it a new rule. And he gave these three 
another promotion as further leaders in Babylon. I wonder if King Nebuchadnezzar chose to follow God. We'll find out a bit more about that next week. But as I ask the worship team to come back up and we just um, take a few minutes to reflect and respond. As we consider this question, how will you stand? I'd like you to, to ask God what steps he might be wanting you to make. To stand up for your faith. It's very hard to defend or speak up for the beliefs of others, your parents or, or a friend, if you're not convinced yourself that what they believe is true. For Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they put their life on the line. It wasn't just a heated conversation or a tough situation. This was a life or death situation and they stood up. There were no big, long speeches or arguments. In fact, other than their clear statement in verses 16 and 18, these three young men appear to be silent. And there is a time for speeches and there's a time for silence. And we all need wisdom to know the difference. Jesus, Paul and many others in the Bible knew when to speak and when to be silent too. So I wonder if there are opportunities where you could stand up for your faith with words or with silence. What actions speak so loudly that others will know where you stand? Maybe you struggle with peer pressure to tease or unfriend someone at school and often at uni there are choices about what activities you're going to attend and, and they might compromise your faith. At work, the choices of how you treat others and your commitment in your marriage to cherish and be faithful to your partner. It's not just ethics or values, these are faith-based decisions. But I wonder if your faith will cause you to make a stand as you dare to follow God. And secondly, to stand with friends. There are many times in my life where I've appreciated the support of others. We need others. We can't go through life on our own. We need people who will inspire us, who will share their wisdom with us. Perhaps you can come alongside someone or invite someone to enjoy, enjoy a meal with you, a conversation, to be part of your connect group, to journey together. I wonder who needs you. Parents, who do you invest in that will then invest into your children? Who are the people that you're surrounding your children with to come alongside them? Who do you have around you? Meet with those people. Spur each other on. And thirdly, to stand with Jesus. I wonder how you're going with this aspect. Do you sense that Jesus is with you in your circumstance? Even if the fire doesn't die down, even if the circumstance is hard, is your hope fixed on him? Can I encourage you, as we pause now, to actually close your eyes and to consider your circumstance, whatever you're facing. What heated argument, what concern or pressure are you under? And with your eyes closed, ask 
Where is Jesus? Can you see him with you? If you can't imagine him there, perhaps whisper a prayer right now and ask him to be with you, to show you somehow that you are not alone. If you do see him, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if you listen carefully, what is he saying to you? And how will you respond? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're present right now, doing your work. As we run to you, God, for safety, you have promised that you would be with us. We are encouraged to take hold of the hope that is right in front of us. This hope that is like a steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope that reaches behind the curtain to the most holy place. Jesus, you have gone ahead of us. You are our high priest forever. We run to you, God. We can because Jesus has gone before us. Nothing stands between us. Lord God, there is grace when our heart and our lives are under fire and we won't bow down to the things of this world. We will stand for you, we will stand together and we will stand with you knowing we will never be alone. There is another in the fire standing next to me. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.